What should you be doing with the Seattle backfield this weekend? Who's the sharky start for one battered NFC South's receiving core? And should you be benching the GOAT in favor of the incomparable Mike White in Week 14 FFPC and Football Guys League Championship weekend? We'll get into that. <clears throat> excuse me. Plus, the fourth-place team in the KFFSC main event, Lynn Renfro hops aboard to talk about his huge FFPC main event league championship game this weekend, how he's plotting his way to the grand prize in the Kentucky uh, Fantasy Football State Championship, and much more. Uh, we have got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Damn the pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That's the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Mr. Farrell Elliott coming up on tonight's show. We'll be discussing which Titans tight end you want in your lineups this week, whether Zonovan, Bam, Knight should be starting over a running back playing in a Pretty significant, maybe an elite offense in the NFL, uh, a running back in that offense, and uh, much more. Plus, the fourth-place finisher in the KFFSC main event regular season, and uh, currently sitting in fourth place in the KFFSC championship round. Lynn Renfro will hop aboard. You know that name. It's because he won the 2020 uh, RT Sports uh, Fantasy Championship as well. He's going to hop aboard. He's going to talk about that title. He's going to talk about his thoughts on James Washington's uh, return. Uh, and the impact he's going to have on on the rest of the Dallas pass catchers and skill position players there and much more. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so at HSFF Hour, uh, at Eric Balkman. Always learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can also post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. You can email the show, football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment. Coming up later on in the show, thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and of course, our producer and our mutual friend, Rob. Hey, play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft or salary cap. Just choose 10 players or 12 players by Sunday's kickoff. Remember, only one player per team. $35 to enter or $200 to enter. If you uh, want to play in a 30-team contest, you can do that. You want to play in a 100-team contest, you can do that. If you want to play in the 10-team contest where you only have to beat nine other players to win a 2023 FFPC main event entry, you can do that as well. Uh, watch Rotoviz High Stakes Loadout this week with the football guys players championship regular season 10th place finisher daniel priestner we got into a lot of good stuff on that program that's available at rotoviz 
Fantasy.com slash podcast or the FFPC's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash FFPC Fantasy. It's where you're watching this right now. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. Want to bring in the co-host with the most. It is the incomparable Farrell Elliott. You follow him on Twitter at KFFSC. You check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. Farrell, happy Friday to you, man. Buddy, that is so good. And we're look look who is also on screen directly yes. behind you. Hi, darling. Yes. And it is so say, fascinating you, to see you again. Right. Say hi to Farrell, okay? Hi, Farrell. Hi, Farrell. Farrell, okay? Hi. You got to go to bed. Enough. Okay. Daddy, yes. Okay, put your and iPad that, away. I will be right I upstairs, did, okay? And that you said we, we I know. I understand. I have to do this show. I will talk to you in a little bit, okay? Say good night. Say good night to everybody. Say good night. Say good night. Can you say good night? Okay, no. Emma, we will see you in the morning, okay? All right, good night. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. Farrell, and she didn't ask if this was soccer. That was my favorite line. That's the best, especially with the World Cup going on right now. Are you talking about soccer? Yeah, that was my tonight. favorite line. Yeah, that was that was bad. She, I think she's learned from that. Farrell, I'm going to let you talk about what you have going on for the Super Bowl coming up in Louisville in a second. I will be right back. Oh no, I, Emma probably knows. She she, oh, okay. she, no, she might right. know. All right, guys, it, it the Super Bowl Sunday, February 11 through. The 12th, Saturday and Sunday, we have our second annual KFFSC Super Bowl party and draft. And by then, I will look somewhat refreshed. I will have had a haircut. These dark bags of circles from football recruiting of college perspective NFL players, college seniors would be over with. Everything, and, and, and I'll be ready to watch you guys draft in a 96-team tournament, what we call uh, Super Sunday Sweet 16. Uh, it's a fantastic tournament where you can win $5,000 of $2,000 entry fee and money in your divisions. And it's not too early to start. We'll have all the rookies printed on stickers and ready to go on the boards. You can compete against Balky, who is now signed up to be in each league, drafting in each league during the Super Sunday Sweet 16. So we only have 96 spots. We'll also have our, our beloved league, our big payback for the grand prize is $5,000, and a dominant team can win as much as $9,000. Uh, Hillard Newsom, one of our uh, wonderful players in the KFFSC, uh, is, is making hay in the uh, Super Sunday uh, uh, big payback. So just a snapshot of what has happened in the past and what is going to happen in the future. Balky, you put me on the big screen, and I notice these big black circles under my <laughs> eyes. And and the fact that I, I – it's been a long week, buddy. It's been a very long week. Listen, you're not the hardest working man in, in the business for nothing, right? I mean, it's you can only – you can only work so hard and not show how hard you're working. It is. I talked to a, I talked to a mentor, a, co- a high school football coach, and a mentor, and one of the players I'm recruiting, and uh, uh, it, it was it was close to a two hour conversation. It was the most fun uh, that I've had this year in in, rec- in uh, recruiting battle. So yeah, it has been a long week and a lot of caffeine, and the caffeine right now is not working. But you know what? I'm ready to talk about fantasy football. Well, we got a great guest coming up, so that's going to energize me. It should energize mm. you as well. It's going to energize everybody watching this with Lynn Renfro coming up in about well, seven or eight minutes too. Wonderful. Um, so, so let's get into uh, some of the stuff that that I wanted to get to um, 
before the show really gets going. Uh, okay. Alex Van Pelt, the former quarterbacks coach for the Green Bay Football Packers, now the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. He said he wants to stick with Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson under center for the remainder yeah. of the season, according to a report on Cleveland.com. Now, he was asked about whether they might turn back to Jacoby Brissett in a game, quite frankly, they have to win to try to get to the playoffs in Cincinnati this week. Um, Watson, as you remember, is the highest paid player, highest paid player in the NFL. Uh, Van Pelt said, I think you always have the ability to call the game for Jacoby. That's the easiest part. I don't see that happening. That's always easy to get to. Now, Kevin Stefanski this week, the head coach for the Browns, uh, he wouldn't talk, even entertain the possibility of uh, benching Deshaun Watson. Remember, he played against a horrible Houston defense last week. And uh, the Browns won, but it was behind the strength of two defensive touchdowns and a special yes. touchdown, right? Uh, Cleveland uh, got six offensive points. Deshaun Watson got 131 uh, passing yards. He threw a pick in the end zone on just 22 attempts. Now, I guess knowing that Deshaun Watson is starting here, Farrell, what do we think about him as, as a start this week? Again, against a much better defense in Cincinnati, a lot of people um, uh, added him off the KFFSC and FFPC waiver wire a month, month and a half ago. But now can you feel good about starting him this week against Cincinnati? Quite frankly, I'm forced to start him in a couple of leagues, um, but I don't feel good about it at all. Well, you can get back to some sort of modicum of peace. It's not going to be as bad as it was last week. And, you know, it, it, you know, about what the guys are saying, first of all, Stefanski could pack his bags and move out of town. And Van Pelt, if he had said anything other than we're going with Watson. And Van Pelt, uh, if, if, if he had said anything different, you know, his next job would be supervising the graduate assistants at Montana Lutheran or something like that. Or have the graduate assistants supervising him. Yeah. It, it, yes. Yeah. It, 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 so here, you know, yes, this is the future. This is the present. This is what it's got to be. You know, who expected Watson to walk back on the field and be a world beater? You know, uh, uh, he showed up for work looking really, really good in a Brioni suit. You know, he was ready to go. Uh, but he, uh, Look, it's going to take some time to shake that rust off. Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati will elevate the competitiveness of both teams. Uh, it should be a very good game. Watson should have many better moments. Uh, you'll decide for yourself if you've got a better quarterback start. Certainly wasn't Derek Carr. And you've oh. got a better quarterback start, uh, and you've got a team that is depending on him. And as as we saw uh last night with the Raiders when you don't depend on your quarterback to successfully execute the offense uh you can be disappointed so this this team's depending on their quarterback which should lead to fantasy points that will not destroy you at the quarterback position yeah I, I I'll say this too like first of all shout out to Lamar Jackson for this sprained PCL for making me start Derek Carr in a couple of leagues where I had Lamar Jackson as my only quarterback was not loving that um, and I'd say that tongue in cheek, as obviously I know Lamar Jackson wants to be out there. But when we look at Deshaun Watson, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt this week, Farrell. I'm probably going to roll him out there ahead of guys like Tom Brady, ahead of Mike White, um, Russell Wilson. I'm starting him over as as well. Um, so I, I, I feel okay, but not great about him. Uh, that's the best possible yeah. compliment yeah. I can pay him at this point. But yeah, I mean, the talent is there. And Six and a half point dogs, I think, in that game. So it should be a positive game script for Watson. I hope for good things 
for uh, for Watson, but I'm not necessarily expecting the world this weekend. Um, Seattle backfield, this is interesting. Um, and by the way, we got some Amari Cooper and Njoku stuff um, from the chat room that I want to get into with Lynn Renfro coming up. We'll get to that question with him in about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, Travis Homer was upgraded um, to full in yesterday's practice. He also got another full practice again today. Uh, Ken Walker, DJ Dallas, I believe are game time decisions, if I remember correctly, um, after practice today. Tony Jones um, played in week 13 um, when uh, Homer was not out there. But Farrell, I think that, again, it's a 425 start, so this is <laughs> – kind of fuzzy that you know when we got to figure out what we're doing here with this but i think that the thing is if you have homer and walker you play um homer if walker's inactive you play walker if he's active i don't really want to mess around with any other seattle running back other than those two this week okay fair enough homer is a career pass catching special teamer uh 46 46 career games he's carried the ball about as many times as uh you know, he averages about two carries a game this season. I don't know what he could do uh, under a, a full load of, of, of uh, assignment uh, as a number one running back. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to start Homer. Uh, if Even if I did handcuff him to Walker, which I probably wouldn't, uh, our Hudson Kern Reeve told us to handcuff DJ Dallas. That's mm-hmm. who I would have. And he's not uh, available either. No, I just I don't like the idea of starting Homer in any situation, even if Walker's inactive. That's you don't right. Like, okay, I, I just got I, it. I think we can do better. Um, let's get to a couple of questions in the chat right now. Uh, Dave Novitsky is in uh, in the YouTube chat. He needs to start either Chuba Hubbard, Joshua Kelly, or Dawson Knox. Thanks. That is Dave Novitsky. Thank you for listening, Dave. We certainly appreciate it. I'm going to assume. This is a tight end premium football guys or FFPC main event league. And I'll tell you right now. So we, we know that the, uh, Deontay Foreman got taken off the injury report. So it sounds like he's going to be good to go. So obviously that knocks Hubbard down a little bit. I mean, Joshua Kelly, you're, you're not really loving him at all because he's playing um, behind uh, Austin Eckler. So obviously I, I, I guess I would say between those two, it's it's got to be Hubbard over Kelly, but when you bring Dawson Knox into it, this is where I think it gets a little bit more compelling. Dawson Knox this week is taking on the New York Jets at home, um, and when it comes to be a backup running back or Dawson Knox in a tight end premium league, probably going to lean with the tight end, and that's Dawson Knox. That's who I would start, Farrell. Yeah, and Buffalo is uh, Buffalo is bringing it this week after their Week Six loss, twenty to seventeen. They realize they've got to score points and put this Jets team away. Jets a good defensive team, so they're going to use everything they can uh, to take advantage of of this. They're going to be well prepared to play the Jets. The Jets have some very, very good corner play. I think the middle of the field with Dawson Knox uh, and a collection of running backs and McKenzie do well here. In other words, they're – this team's not going to look to kick field goals. They're going to look to score the ball and uh, get out in front of the Jets and get some payback for that 2017 upset that they had um, uh, when they visited the Jets. Um, Coco's World on the YouTube chat wants to know if we'd stash Rashid Shahid. I mm-hmm. am not that all excited uh, about really any Saints receiver not named Chris Olave uh, mm-hmm. at this point in the season. So, uh, to to quote you, I think we can do better. 
uh, than Rashid Shahid. I am not. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. If Olave misses or something, then maybe you can start him. But even if that happens, I think it, it is a low ceiling. And mm-hmm. low ceilings do not get it done in the championship round. Um, I am not stashing Shahid. When I read that and saw the word stash, I thought we might be talking about uh, Dynasty here. Uh, Ooh, okay. The, and uh, But I very much like this player's athleticism. Here's a free agent out of Weber State. That's why you scout at Weber State. You, you send a guy there that has barely been on the road a year or two, and he comes back and tells you about Shahid, and then you don't pay any attention to it. You don't draft him, but somebody signs him as a free agent. Good job with New Orleans. I like this idea of this player. I can see things in him that make me think that uh, – He's going to have a very impressive career, especially uh, lining up against Olave or lining up on the same side with Olave. So, uh, yes, if if that is a uh, you know bulky, yes, if that is a, a dynasty team, and yes, if you're in a league, this is your last chance at free agency, and all the other wide receivers are frozen. You know, they just yeah. you, you need help. You need help. This is you got bye weeks, you got injuries, you got a lot of problems, and all the other receivers are frozen. Yeah, why not? Uh, as far as dynasty goes, um, with with Shahid, I will say this: um, I don't think the quarterback situation is going to remain like it is forever in New Orleans. I also don't think Michael. Th- I think we we have seen the best of Michael Thomas, and I think yes. I've seen all I need to see about with Marquez Callaway <laughs> and Traquan Smith. Shahid is a little bit more. Of, of of a player that I have not seen uh, enough of. And I don't think the Saints have seen enough of. No. If you're in an FFPC dynasty, pretty difficult to stash him. If you're in a dynasty where you can cut down to, to 22 players as opposed to the 16 that you're going to have to cut down in the FFPC, yeah, I, I get it. I think that would make a little bit more sense for a rebuilding roster to see what you have in Shahid. Maybe you flip them in the offseason for a third rounder, or maybe a second round pick. But, I, you know, again, Low expectations for him, but I understand the upside. If you can make do on your 22-man dynasty team, make do with Rashid Shaheed. Uh, Cortland Sutton is not going to play this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Jerry Judy is going to play, it seems like. And I, I, I think Kendall Hinton has entered the discussion for a deep league flex. Now, I am not playing him, but he's certainly a candidate if you want to talk about the dual flex and the Football Guys Players Championship at the FFPC main event. But I think the two guys that are most interesting here at Farrell are Jerry Judy and Greg Dulcich. To me, no Sutton means Dulcich uh, has to be a start for you in a tight end premium league. Um, in the KFFSC, uh, it's really going to be where you got to start three receivers. Really going to be tough to sit Jerry Judy this week. And I know the Broncos defense, or I beg your pardon, Broncos offense has been bad but this could be a game where Russell Wilson is forced to try to keep up with that offense uh, on the other side of the field. And I think that that you can make the case for both Judy and Dulcich to be in your starting lineup. Yeah. Judy's in your lineup. Um, the format be damned. You want to play Judy. Uh, we can take Balky, you, you know, here in December, uh, you know, we can take us a big victory lap on Dulcich. We identified him as the tight end to have in Denver. Nobody paid any attention to mm-hmm. us. I think the biggest buzz uh, of the whole draft was Uncle Albert at the 10th and 11th round. There's a player that caught five passes uh, in the first game of the season and has caught two since, seven catches uh, for Albert O uh, throughout the season. Uh, Dulcich, uh, 25 catches, and he's done that over a seven-week period. So he is doing 
uh, better work at the tight end position than any of us expected, despite being um, saddled with the responsibilities of playing with Russell Wilson. So Dulcich is a starting tight end for me, and I see nothing but better coming for him in the last few games of taking him down in the playoff stretch. Uh, that could be a difference maker for you. Our resident Ivy League professor chiming in mm-hmm. on a tough question. And by the way, my heart goes out to you, Kern, that you got to make this decision this week. He's got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes on the same team. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure out which one to start. Um, I am going to say this. So uh, interestingly enough, that Bills-Jets game, as well as that Chiefs-Broncos game, they have identical 43.5 uh, totals on the game, um, which is probably on the low end for both of these what these quarterbacks are used to during the season. Um, but the fact that Allen is at home, gets to sleep in his own bed the night before, that's the tiebreaker for me. I'm going to go with Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes this week. You're going to start Mahomes coming off a bad week and a bruised ego. Mm. I like uh, Mahomes in a comeback a bounce back game. It, 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 it's still the Jets are still the Jets. If they're going to threaten the Bills in any way, they're going to threaten it on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, so, yes, I uh, I see a lot of players that can contribute to Josh Allen's success. I see Josh Allen uh, contributing with his legs, but uh, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey is pretty bitter expressions on their face from the last game. I don't think they have two bad games in a row. Yeah, but how in the hell do you get Allen and Mahomes on the same team? What what was he doing? What are you asking us this question for? Because clearly that team is dominating. How did Um, that happen, you know? Yeah. Um, We have uh, Lynn Renfro coming up. He's sitting in the green room right now. He's having some some Texas brisket. He's having some crab cakes. We got some uh, Shiner Cheer, the peach and pecan uh, flavored beer out of uh, Spetzel Brewery in Shiner, Texas. He's enjoying that right now. Um, We're going to bring him on in a second. Uh, Last thing I want to get out here. Rondell Moore not expected to play uh, this week uh, for the for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, what's interesting about Rondell Moore, uh, Farrell, is they the Cardinals are coming off the bye. He is not ready to play, and they do play. I believe it is a Monday night game this mm-hmm. week for the Cardinals. Is it not? Yes, it yeah, is. Cardinals Patriots Monday. Night. Cardinals Patriots. Okay, total in that game forty three and a half. You know you're not going to get more. You're going to get Marquise Brown. You're going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Do we stop there? on startable receivers, or does Mr. The Pride of Wake Forest, Greg Dortch, enter the conversation at all? Well, you know, we had to apologize to the listeners because uh, we talked about Dortch in a, in a way that would was not respectful to fantasy football. Uh, right. Balky, can you, see, can you see the Patriots getting to a 10 to 14 point lead and then just letting the Cardinals take what's underneath? shut down the other two. I don't necessarily see that. I don't think you can ever shut down Hopkins. But, you know, uh, Dortch uh, has 34 catches on the year. 25 of them have come in three games. On a loss to Kansas City, 44-21. to That game they lost to the Rams, 20-12. to He got nine. He also got nine against the 49ers when they lost 38-10. to He gets balls. With the defense is letting them have what's underneath. He averages about eight or nine yards a catch. He runs hard with the ball, but it's it's these are not these are not contested catches, and um, I don't like to use the word garbage time in football. But these are these are what the defense is is going to let you have, and they're not they don't want to let they don't want to let Hopkins have anything. They don't want to let Brown have anything. So. 
you know, the doors will probably be open. He'll probably catch some balls. It's not the way I want to play in week 14, but I might have to based on how many teams I'll buy, Balky? Six? Uh, yeah, six teams. Six teams the buy the yeah. bipocalypse going on this week, final <laughs> bye week of the season. Um, I know I said one more thing. I'm going to get to one more. Uh, Coco's World wants to know, do you start Brandon Ayuk even with mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo out? Brock Purdy, good article about him. I think it was The Athletic this week. Um, this guy does not act like Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant. He plays um, with the uh, fire and chutzpah of a thousand Brock Purdy's, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Ayuk is still startable, but I kind of want to do look elsewhere. I don't feel real confident about Brandon Ayuk with Brock Purdy, especially considering they already still have McCaffrey, Debo, Samuel, George Kittle. It's a tall task to start Ayuk, even with Jimmy Garoppolo and all those other playmakers. I think Ayuk does about the same thing he would do um, with Garoppolo because in in reality he is a number one receiver with this team. Would you would you say he's the number yeah. one receiver based on where Samuel lines up? Pretty pretty um, close. Yeah. The, the thing about Purdy is when he was in college, he would show a really good game. He would flash a good game, and then you would go back and watch the next game, and he would be woefully inconsistent. But he got good quarterback coaching leading up to through the combine and going through uh, uh, go, getting ready to camp, uh, getting ready for camp after the draft. And his his uh, his coach, Will Hewlett, his quarterback coach, good friend of mine, raves about him and has had positive input into uh, the way this player approaches the game. I think this player is ready to do a credible job. And when you're surrounded by this kind of power, this kind of offense and those kind of players – you can do a credible job. So I'm not, Coco, I'm not going to worry too much. I'm going to go ahead and start my Niners the way I want to start them. Yeah, interesting uh, uh, take there. And and the way you framed it, too, I, I think we can feel a little bit warm and fuzzy about starting these Niners skill position players, maybe more so than I initially thought. Never underestimate Brock Purdy. Iowa State fans will tell you that, so I'm going to listen to the Cyclone faithful here. I want to bring in tonight's guest, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He is the 2020 uh, Fantasy Championship title holder. He sits in fourth place overall in the 2022 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event. He's here tonight not only to break down his matchups uh, in his 2022 FFPC main event league championship matchup, but everything going on in the KFFSC with his teams as well. You follow him on Twitter at Axman Sports. That's A-X-E-M-A-N Sports. Please welcome in the Axman himself. It is Lynn Renfro. Lynn, welcome into the program, man. Glad to be on, guys. Thank you so much for doing the show. I really appreciate it. How did the Axeman uh, moniker get started with you in high stakes fantasy football? It, a long time ago, I joined with a, it was a group a decision with uh, picking sports winners uh, against the spread. And we had to come up with a team name and it was, the guy came up with Axeman and we had some success with it, did well with it. And then, so then when I started fantasy football, I just kept it going. And they did keep it going uh, as well. We want to keep it going with the fantasy conversation here before we do, Lynn. Um, when you're not dominating the uh, fantasy championship, when you're not floating around, hanging out at the top of the leaderboard of the KFFSC main event, tell the listeners how you're spending our time. What are you doing for a living in uh, in Texas, right? Yes, Texas. I'm a revenue accounting manager for a uh, midstream oil and gas company. Uh, now, now, my former co-host, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, would have so many questions about that. <laughs> and he wanted a question about that. Uh, fair, I, I guess the thing is, like, Farrell and I understand 
that that job clearly gives you plenty of time uh, to manage lineups, submit waivers, submit lineups <laughs> in the FFPC, RT, KFFSC, all the places you're playing, right? Yeah, let's uh, let's just say Wednesday evenings are busy. They are for everybody. I mean, they really are for everybody. Let's that's what it's like when I the road of his high stakes lowdown. Like I it, after doing it for several years, I'm like, I can't keep recording this on Wednesday anymore. All these guys have a zillion waivers to submit. I got to start having it on Tuesdays. So which which is what we switched to this year is, is, is Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's just it's it's one of those things. And Lynn, I don't know if you felt the same way with me or as, as I did, but um, when the KFFSC main event uh, waiver wire locked, it sucked. But I secretly had a little party because I had so much more time on Wednesdays. I could look at my kids and remember what they looked like. I remembered their names. I had time to sit down and have a nice meal with my wife. It's great. I mean, that part portion of it is great. Yes, yeah. Well, fellas, I did push it back to midnight, and then I realized I wasn't necessarily giving any of you favors. You know, the FFPC closed at 10, mm. and the KFFC goes to midnight, and this just gives you two more hours to go at it. You know, uh, Bonky Lynn Renfro, is, we talk about players sometimes being on snap count. Uh, Mrs. Renfro has occasionally suggested a snap count for Lynn Renfro. I keep talking about more teams and he'll tell me, you know, well, the missus has got me on an X amount of teams. And so we find a way to negotiate around that. But I, I tell you, it, the, the missus, based on your track record of success, Lynn, which is a beautiful resume, um, she should be all in favor of you playing fantasy football. And once again, as Balky has, has told us, you're at the very top. And I looked at one of the things you did. Um, I tried to pair a team's running back thinking that I would pay the premium for one spot and pay a, uh, pay a bargain price for the other spot. So I chose Denver, Williams, and Gordon. You, on the other hand, once again, proved that you're the premium player that you are. You chose Swift and Williams from Detroit paying less for Swift. And I think less for Williams than I paid for Williams and Gordon. My question to you is how did you know that Jamal Williams was going to score double digit touchdowns before <laughs> Thanksgiving? How did you know that sometimes Swift would be, a, you know, how do you know these things are going to happen Lynn, before they do? And what's your strategy handling these two players as you with Swift returning to health, handling these two players through your championship run? Well, let's just say last week it was a quarter and <laughs> just flip it. Um, I, you don't know. I, I felt good about Jamal Williams. I felt uh, Swift has had some injury um, problems in the past. Uh, so I wanted um, a good back that could, could perform in the event Swift got hurt. And he did the, um, this week, I think Swift is back. I think he's he, he might not be 100%, but he's getting more of the snap counts. I feel a lot more comfortable in the teams where I have him, Swift starting him over Jamal Williams. Um, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I, I like here's the thing for me is I never saw the Williams thing coming, as, as Farrell said. And with me, I've been benching Swift. Um, the last several weeks, and I paid for it by benching him this past week. I, I, I wish I would have had him going. But the thing is, like, now it's getting to be the point where every decision is amplified, Lynn. Every every start-sit decision is is magnified to the hilt because you got to get them right. 
And now we're in a situation where I'm, it's not a slam dunk for Williams uh, for me anymore. And, and and it's still kind of a roll of the dice with Swift. I, and I guess you're kind of covering all your bases. And I looked at your team that's battling, I believe, Chris Birchby for your FFPC main event title this week. You have Williams and Swift in there. And it's one of those things where those are probably your two best options because you got so many guys on by this week. True, true. Um, I've, I considered uh, Pickens, Pittsburgh, the – and, and that was kind of the way I was leaning until this last week. Mm-hmm. Two targets, one catch for two yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're not at Atlanta, a place where you would have thought for better. Yes, lots of points you would have thought. But uh, and I know you're not supposed to look in the past. You're supposed to focus. Okay, what's he going to do this week? However, one point two points—that's a floor. That's a serious floor you have to take into advance into account. Now, I, I do like that he expressed some displeasure with the amount of targets he had, and maybe that could have been handled better. But um, hopefully the coaching staff will still listening. Hopefully uh, Pickett was listening, and uh, he'll get the ball a little more. Um, haven't fully decided on that one yet. I do most of my heavy studying on Saturdays. Um, I have to take some time and look at the matchups and go back and forth and kind of consider a lot of things. Um, but I'm not sure Swift is back ready for – 100% full load like earlier in the year. Um, I think I, I like the I like the Detroit Minnesota game. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah. You can score. You can start players on both sides and do well. Um, I think it's. I mean, I, it's yeah. It's a little doubtful on Williams. His yard per carry could be better, but he finds the end zone. Yes, sir. Those yards per carries are only nullified by the fact that he hits the end zone. And those end zone yards don't count. But it's it's been every time you look up, Jamal Williams is in the end zone. Yes, yes. Um, let me ask you this, uh, and I don't know how difficult the decision this is for you right now, um, Lynn, with with when you're considering the greatest of all time and Tom Brady taking on a pretty talented San Francisco defense. You have Mike White, who should be throwing a lot to try to keep up with or come back against the Buffalo Bills at Orchard Park this week. How difficult is it of a decision for you to play <laughs> Brady over White? Ha- have you considered Mike White? Are you still wrestling back and forth between figuring out which one of these quarterbacks to start? Oh, definitely. It's a horrible decision. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I got myself in this situation. But there, there's some key decisions you make in fantasy football. Sometimes at the start of the year, you you look, okay, uh, the league championship games are week 13 and 14. So you have to make a decision. Are you going to fade guys that have buys in those weeks, or are you just going to go for best available and and roll and shoot for the week 15 through 17? So I, I uh, want to pick Mike White up a couple of weeks ago. I looked at that, and I thought, okay, he has a great schedule, weeks 15, 16, and 17. Week 14 is going to be tough. Brady has a tough schedule. I mean, it's pick your poison. And so at that point, I decided, all right, I've got I've got best record, got the earn the twenty five hundred dollars for the best record. I've got a shot at the million dollars. So that's where I'm going to focus. Weeks 15, 16, 17. So I knew this weekend, this week would be a tough decision. And yes, I'm still wrestling with that one. Have not made up your mind yet. This is interesting. No, he makes makes his mind up on Saturday night. Is it Saturday night or is it, is it kickoff Saturday on Sunday? Night, Saturday night, okay, all right. Saturday night. I don't, I don't. Saturday night. Sometimes it'll go into Sunday mornings, but uh, but generally, if I change something 
from Saturday night, it's usually the wrong decision. Yeah. Maybe think long, long, think wrong. Yes. That's a ball. The bulky has patented that expression. <laughs> think wrong. Um, here's one you maybe didn't have to think long about. Uh, Bucks and Niners play this weekend. You are putting the Bucks defense. Defense is so important in fantasy football this time of year, even more so in uh, the KFFFC than the FFPC, where Balky won a division championship this week, trailing by almost 20.7. In a uh, in a, in a game, Balky. Uh, I'm going to right there. That was, I believe, that was the Dizzle who came back and won that. Twenty-one from the yeah. Dallas defense. Yeah, so it, it was massive. Well, you know, we, it's it's Team Appleton, so all of you, you know, get to claim praise, and I get to, <laughs> I get to uh, prepare a lot of trophies for you, and and it, uh, you know, it's, it, Brock Purdy. I have a uh, you know Coco's World asked us earlier. Uh, about starting a 49er receiver. I think Brock Purdy will do a a, a reasonable job at the quarterback position. Um, still, your Bucks are your best bet at defense this weekend, and do you like the way the Bucks are playing? Well, yes and no. I I think they're playing well. I'm disappointed that they're going to be out both starting safeties, mm-hmm. most likely. That's not encouraging. Um I think if the 49ers are smart, they'll the coaching staff will encourage uh, Brock to stay within himself. I mean, you have a great defense, good running game. Throw passes to McCaffrey out of the backfield. Figure out how to get the other playmakers involved. I think Kittle uh, will have a good game. Um, how to get the ball in Debo's hand. How, and But without taking a lot of risk. Now, it's going to be tempting because if the secondary is depleted and you think, okay, let's take some shots, you still anytime a rookie is taking shots, there's there's always mm-hmm. risk. Uh, so I think their best bet is the short passing game. Um, he doesn't have to win the game. Let let the other playmakers around him win the game. He's got some playmakers. He does. He does. And and, and refresh my memory uh, on this Bucks defense and the other option I think you have in this FFPC mini event. It's Minnesota, and you already said you think there's gonna be a lot of points scored in that game. Yes, I, I picked Minnesota up not, mainly for next week. Okay, got it. All right, week. that makes sense. Week 15. Now, speaking of pickups, um, racking my brain on this one, Lynn. I can't remember when I've seen a team that has been this successful in the main event and is going for a league title this weekend with so much youth uh, <laughs> on this squad. So to run Amazing. through it for everybody, by my count, there are eight rookies that Lynn has on his team going against Chris Birchby for his FFPC main event title this week. It's Greg Dulcich, Drake London, uh, Chigazim Equanco, uh, Chris Olave, George Pickens, Brian Robinson, Kenneth Walker, and, of course, Christian Watson. Now, I know Equanco was was probably not drafted. I think he was a pickup during the season. But why did you load up on so many rookies here, Lynn? And is this something that you often do, whether it's RT, KFFSC, or FFPC, uh, when you're drafting? It's not something I'll often do. Um, the last time I did it was two years ago when I won the 300K. See, now, to me, this sounds like you should be doing this a lot more, Lynn. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe. <laughs> 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 so that one I loaded up on, um, I, I think I, I took, um, well, Justin Jefferson, uh, Jonathan Taylor. also took um, uh, Dobbins, Akers, and some guys like that, and I had some success with it. Uh, it, it also helped that I drafted Diggs, and I think I picked up Josh Allen in the eighth or ninth round. So it was a solid team. Um, this one, it 
Yeah, there's, I guess it, it, it didn't intend for it other than the three rookie wide receivers. You know, I, I drafted Olave, uh, London and Pickens thinking, okay, if I can get one good receiver out of those three, uh, pair them with Keenan Allen, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and then, you know, maybe have some, some luck. Um, Dulcich I picked up, I had uh, drafted uh, Kyle Pitts. So uh, he, that was kind of a disappointing season for him. Uh, and I remember when I drafted London as well, I didn't really intend with having the tight end on the team. But at that point in the draft, I, I just went with it. Um, some of the others, I think I picked up Chig this week. I, I like his circumstances, particularly with Burks out. Um, it gave me another option. Uh, Dulcich was struggling there for a little while. I think um, with Sutton being out, it certainly helped him this week. And then um, I, I like the comment from the coaching staff of using him like a wide receiver. Let's see who else? Who else did I pick up on that team? It's just, it's just yeah, you have that thirty roster. Spot. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's fantastic. And, and Balky, did you notice all these guys he's listing are performers? There's no Jalen Tolbert in there. You know, there there's there's no guys that. We're supposed to be a guy who were not a guy, right. you know, and that none of these guys even get hurt. And, you know, Pickens had, had, had grieved after the Atlanta game that he wasn't getting the ball. He grieved earlier during the year and he had a big bounce back game. They saw to the fact that he got him the ball. Congratulations, my friend, on, on putting together such a wonderful team. You know, uh, you, you Texans have a very special place in my heart when it comes to football. We got one on the on the message board that, that keeps that going, and we have a number of guys that that come up from uh, the great state of Texas to play in the KFFSC, and then I always see the I always see the crew out in, uh, in in Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood. Uh, the eyes of Texas turns to a Houston uh, Texan Dallas Cowboy matchup that. Uh, would would by any any sense of of evaluation be a mismatch this week? I was glad to see that the offensive side of the Texans is being given back to Davis Mills, and with that in mind, I, I think that uh, point spread may be a little bit too much because uh, as I appreciate and, and like Davis Mills, and I think after a couple of weeks off, he'll bounce back. But I, you know, this I wrote again. In the words of Jason Kahn, ride or die. I rode again this year with Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, here we are late in the season, and I feel I'm getting the best of Ezekiel Elliott. I'm getting the best of Josh Jacobs. And some of these running backs that I that I stuck with is good paydays for us. Your thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott moving forward, and especially this weekend, how do you treat a player like this in what promises to be a blowout game? Oh, you're, you're starting. Absolutely. Um I think both Cowboy running backs are good good options this week. Uh, sometimes it gives me pause when there's a big point spread. If um, if the Cowboys were playing the Eagles next week, then I would be worried about a trap game and they're looking past it. But they're, they're facing Jacksonville. I, I think or I'm hoping they'll mean business. I think um, I like both running backs in this this one. And there have been some weeks in uh, my Kentucky State Championship League that I've benched Zeke uh, some weeks as flex where I've had a lot of options and went back and forth. And then I finally looked at it this week and I thought, you know what, he's just scoring every week. He's just mm-hmm. solid. And if you can get 15, 18, 20 points a week out of a flex, I mean, that's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Lynn, are you a 
Cowboys or, or Texans fan, who's your allegiance to in the NFL? <laughs> I'm a Cowboy fan. Okay. <laughs> Jerry okay. hasn't made it so fun for us, but uh, I um, an interesting story. When I when I first started playing fantasy football, I didn't start winning until I I went a couple of years not drafting any Cowboys. I just took all the emotion out of it when drafting any Cowboys, and I did well. <laughs> and once I figured out how to draft with my head and not my heart, I was okay. So now I can take Cowboys. But well, so now we have uh, we not only have Lynn Renfro, but we have uh, our resident Ivy League professor Hudson Kern Reeve in the chat, also a big Cowboys fan. So America's team, it truly is on the high stakes fantasy football hour tonight. Um, now this is something interesting, Lynn, that I wanted to touch on earlier. Um, with Deshaun Watson coming off a bad game. He gets Cincinnati this week. Now, the latest that, that I have on his uh, his number one wideout, Amari Cooper, who actually hurt himself. He hurt his hip in practice on Thursday. He is officially listed as questionable. He did not play Friday, uh, practice Friday. So he certain, certainly seems like he's on the doubtful side of questionable. If he does miss this game, is David Njoku a must-start? in tight end premium leagues, and you have to make room for Donovan Peoples-Jones in your lineup as well, no matter if it's FFPC or KFFSC. Well, I think certainly the tight end is a definite start. Um, it's it's a tough matchup, and I uh, I think anytime a player doesn't practice on Friday, that's not a good sign. The um, I don't know that I would force it if uh, given with six by teams. And injuries, you know, certainly a, a um, viable start. But I don't know that I would force uh, Peoples-Jones into the lineup. Just my personal opinion. Farrell, where do you stand on DPJ this week? Uh, well, is just a matchup thing for you? Yeah, I'll be forcing him into my lineup because I didn't <laughs> draft eight outstanding rookies. He's my number two receiver. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to have to spend Saturday night and Sunday morning saying my prayers. But, no, I really like the player. I, I, I see the player's skill set. Uh, and, yes, force is is the terminology. Uh, I'll look some other places, but I believe that uh, – I believe I avoided the Mac Hollins bullet, which makes me want to run with the Donovan Peoples-Jones bullet. I think I already made that decision. And it makes sense. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I've <laughs> – even before this, like last week in one of my league championships in Kentucky, I started Donovan Peoples-Jones um, just out of necessity because I had some I had some injury issues. I had a bye week issue as well. He returned the punt for a touchdown, had two long catches. I mean, can't ask for much more than that. Maybe we'll be hoping for more than that in the Bengals and Browns game this week because that is a matchup that, that should bode well for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, a matchup, Farrell, that does not bode well for Rashad White is no. this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. Well, before we get back to that one game, sure. I, I want to say something. You know, when you when you see those long striders returning kicks, it sure does look great. You know, yes. it's still those, still those choppy little five-foot-eight-inch punt returners. When you see those long striders, it just it just fills up your fantasy board with happiness. Uh, fun uh, fact, according to um, uh, uh, the what, – what, what's the Amazon stats we always get? 
uh, AWS or whatever Amazon. I don't know. I think that's a Rotoviz thing. Maybe it's a Rotoviz thing. Here. But according know. to the Rotoviz advanced metrics on Christian Watson's end around 46 yard touchdown run, he only took four steps. In yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I was shocked as you were. But if you go back and watch the tape, it's four true. steps on that. It was true. One, two, three, four, touchdown. Yeah, yeah touchdown. he's fantastic, Bucky. I, he'll be the first player off the board next year if you have anything to do with it. At least in um, a long striders only league, he'll be the first one off the board. Richard White. Uh, let's go back to that game. You know, I one of the great things about getting Fournette over the last couple of years has been his durability. And now with the hip, you know, you got to have a lot of you got to have a lot of want to play to be able to stay on the field with a hip. Um, I, I he's getting to that point in his career where even even in practice he can get things banged up. Uh, what do you think about White against this 49ers defense? If, if you have handcuffed the veteran, which fantasy owners are likely to do, do you put White in the lineup? Uh, I really loved what I saw in that comeback win uh, for Tampa, and uh, I'm kind of excited about this player's future, Lynn. Yes, I think he's he has a bright future. I uh, And I did cuff him on the leagues that I uh, selected, Fournette. I, I like White this week. Um, it's a tough matchup running wise, but I think uh, Tampa Bay is going to have to throw. Uh, Brady's going to have to be throwing the ball. And I think that means lots of catches uh, to the running back out of the backfield. And Fournette's not playing. I, I like I like White's prospects this week. Very you know, that's the other thing that, to keep in mind, too. I mean, we always talk about um, these pass catching running backs. You know, Rashad White, the last two weeks after the bye, um, even last week with, with uh, uh, Leonard Fournette, six catches and then nine catches the week before he caught all nine of his targets uh, when they're against the Cleveland Browns in Ohio, that's 15 catches in the last two weeks. So even if the the ground game is tough sledding for him, certainly you would imagine that he's going to make some of that up uh, in the past game. Uh, Let's get to a couple of emails here for you, Lynn, uh, not Tim, Tom in Centennial, Colorado. What do you think James Washington does? To C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, uh, Michael Gallup, and Tony Pollard going forward. Appreciate you, Lynn. That is Tom in Centennial, Colorado, who we appreciate for watching and sending in that email. Um, you are a resident Cowboys fan on the show this week, Lynn. James Washington should be coming back here shortly for Dallas. What kind of impact does he have on the rest of the pass catchers there? I I like him. I think he'll he'll have. Um, I mean, it's it's hard when you have C.D. Uh, Schultz, Gallup. Gallup is coming on strong. Uh, and then, of course, both the the dual running backs. So there's so many weapons there. Um, at the same time, I think Washington will have a a, a place uh, certainly in uh, certainly in a deep league. I wouldn't hesitate starting him. Um, I don't know about, uh, and I consider that too with waivers still running. One last waiver wire. Do, do do you rush? Do you run out and get him in a in the league with a lot of injuries and uh, bikes? But um, I don't know that I would feel that confident. Uh, to be honest, but I, I think he will make some plays. I think he will will add to that offense. I think he'll lead all Dallas Cowboy receivers in giving other receivers a high five. <laughs> Bravo, my friend. Bravo, Carol. Um, now, I want to preface this next email for you, Lynn, by this update from Corbin K. Smith on Twitter. Uh, Pete Carroll saying that DK Metcalf will play in week 14 against the Carolina Panthers, despite a, quote, little hip come up this week, a little <laughs> hip thing come up this week, which is what I have on the dance floor, Farrell. Um, but listen, uh, he did not practice yesterday. 
He did not practice today. Normally, you don't practice on Friday. You don't play on Sunday. Pete Carroll says he is going to play. So the question here from uh, Danny in Attleboro, Mass, how nervous should I be for DK Metcalf in a 425 game on Sunday? Lynn Renfro, what say you? I would have a backup plan. Um, I I think he plays, but then again, the, the missing practice Friday, that's that's just a hard bullet because most of the time you don't practice Friday, you don't play. And those, the afternoon games, that's, that's a hard spot to be in. If you don't have a viable um, alternative, then you're pretty much making up your mind at noon or, or the one, right. one Eastern. And there's, and there's not, I mean, I mean, if you look at the backup plans that could present themselves to you in, in, in those late games, you have um, uh, Kendall Hinton uh, in Denver. I mean, obviously uh, you could look at Carolina if you want to go with Terrace Marshall, maybe you, you go with um, um, uh, God, I'm guys. I don't feel great about this at all. Looking forward to it. Like there's not a whole lot to love here. Uh, Sherfield in Miami plays Sunday night. Um, I don't know if you're going to have a, you know, DeAndre Carter in Los Angeles on, on Sunday night football, maybe. Um, now Jacoby Myers, I don't know if he's going to play on Monday night football. And if that's the case, then there's, there's maybe some Devonte Parker upside there. And obviously no Rondale Moore. We talked about Greg Dorch earlier. There is something there, not saying you have to play these guys, but at least have them on your raw for, uh, roster. As Lynn said, um, just so you have a backup plan where you don't have to take a zero while making up your mind at one o'clock that day. Farrell, final question for Mr. Renfro today. You just threw out so many names, <laughs> but it it makes my question about sleepers completely devoid because <laughs> you cannot use a name that has been previously used in the show, Lynn. So Balky has come up with players that may not even get a jersey on Sunday and mention them as possible guys to put in your lineup. Uh, Lord, this, this week, 14, six teams on by is a difficult thing. Lynn, we look to you, the gentleman from Texas to give us a sleeper. And then we also want you to give us a guy that all FFPC, KFFSC players will put in their lineup without thinking about it. But you and your wisdom would know that that player is a likely bust. So a sleeper and then a frequently or universally started bust. That's what we need from you, Lynn Renfro. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's been a lot of names thrown out. Yeah. And I don't know, there's, there's, a, a, there's a handful of quarterbacks. I don't know if these will qualify sleepers. So, but yeah. there's some guys that I like. Um, uh, like I mentioned, the, the Detroit-Minnesota game. Like both quarterbacks in that game, Goff and Cousins, so both things both startable. I like uh, I like Geno Smith, Seattle even more this week because of the injuries to the running backs. Um, I and I don't know that you could call with Sutton out. I don't, and we've already talked about Dulcich. So there's some those are some. You know, See, Balky, here is the issue: we have a man on the show who has consistently won six figure prizes. He thinks that the players that he is giving us are sleep because they're sleepers for him. These would be his sleepers. Right. And these are our guys that we've been leaning on since <laughs> week five and six. And he calls them sleepers. Fair enough, my friend. Tell me about who that bust is. 
Well, I'll, I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you a, what I would call a deep sleeper too. Oh, all yeah. right. Um, with Seattle and the running back issues, I, I like Travis Homer this weekend. Yeah, oh, sure. Oh, look at that. I got to go back. See, that's what separates them. <laughs> well, tra Travis Homer, and, and for reasons you already stated, and then, you know, I know this is against the rules, but you did say James Washington in a deep league this week too, right, Lim? Right, right. That would be another deep sleeper. Okay. Um, for a guy that uh, – this is well. I'll give you two guys that I would bench if possible. Um, Gabe Davis. I'm. I just don't like the first time around. Um, he didn't know how to have a good game against the Jets. I, I think Buffalo has to throw. I think. You're, I think you're right. They're going to mean business in this game. But for me, um, that matchup makes me nervous. Another one, um, and I am benching him. My Kentucky fantasy football league. I have uh, some good receivers. I have uh, Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins. So pretty loaded there. Normally, my flex is a decision between Juju and Zeke, and I am benching Juju. Mm -hmm. um, so anywhere possible, if there's some, I just it's a tough matchup. Um, now I like Juju the player, but I just think if if possible, I'm gonna I'm gonna bench him this week. You know, and I'll say this too in regards to Smith Schuster and really the whole Chiefs offense. We've touched on this earlier. Um, Farrell, I know you like Mahomes uh, over Josh Allen this week, but I look at that total 43 and a half. I look at the fact that the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites, and I look at the fact that Denver has a really good defense this year. It is it's easier for me to to have that Chiefs Gatorade taste a little bitter this week, right? It tastes a little, it doesn't taste as sweet as it normally does when they got like a 50 point total in their games and they're only favored by two or three points. It's a little bit more difficult to play Chiefs this week. So I'm on board with Smith Schuster with you, especially when Abby, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, again, a guy I think all three of us are like, look, you got to get him in your lineup this week against Houston in that 17 and a half point favorite game. Absolutely. Uh, Lynn Renfro, the 2020 uh, the fantasy championship champion, uh, a guy who is chasing the grand prize in the Kentucky fantasy football state championship, fourth place overall there, and is trying to win his FFPC main event league against Chris Birchby and company this week. Uh, Lynn, thank you so much for hopping on tonight. We really appreciate it. We will continue to follow you on Twitter at Axman Sports, A-X-E-M-A-N Sports. Appreciate it, dude. Good luck the rest of the way, and uh, we'll talk with you again real soon. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, X man. Thank you so much, the Lynn Renfro, the Axeman in fantasy football. It, it is is the most ill fitting descriptor, right? I mean, you know, it it uh, the gentleman is what it should say. He is he is, is the it, fantasy gentleman. It is you know not not since uh, you know and I but but I used to think uh, Brad Cruz with fantasy assassins sure. was was a uh, that it's applicable. You know, right. he is an assassin. He truly is. And then, you know, he, he, but X-Man, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, um, but, you know, we won't forget it now because he's been on the show. And, and I remember hanging out with Lynn in, um, in Vegas for sure mm -hmm. uh, at the, at the viewing party. And the, like, he really, he tr he's a gentleman. That That's the best way to describe it. Super nice, very friendly. Um, you could, you would never hear him uh, come up to you and say, oh, Lynn Renfro, good to meet you. Uh, by the way, I'm the Axeman. <laughs> it says you would never believe him. You're like that. That's some sort of lie because that does not match up um, with what uh, type of person you are. So awesome that he came on. Really appreciate him. I appreciate all the listeners that sent in some uh, emails this week. 
we'll uh we're up against it but we'll get i think we'll get through all four of these here that i've chosen for the show sean in chico california what's up Farrell and bulky which is the correct titans tight end this week chigazim uh Aquanco. Farrell, if i'm butchering that name let me that's know that's good good enough okay or austin hooper thanks gentlemen that's sean in chico california which one do you like i mean i like i i can't remember who i was talking to about this um but they they said austin hooper is the type of guy who um, you just hope he catches it and falls in the end zone. Uh, so maybe a little bit of limited upside there, but a Quanco maybe, uh, offering a little bit more talent and athleticism after the catch. I think about Malik Willis's first completion as a Titan this season. Uh, Quanco looked pretty good on that. Quanco is uh, the last two games, I believe been the leading receiver for the Tennessee Titans. And if you are going to approach your week 14 with the slippery slope of a Tennessee Titan receiver, you might as well go with the athletic one. And this, we, we've seen it. This is going to be a very attractive draft pick uh, when we, when we tune into the 2023 drafts. And, and I, uh, I think that Tennessee has finally uh, found their tight end uh, of the future. Hooper, uh, I don't, he's, he's quashed more dreams of fantasy players than, any tight end I could imagine. So yeah, he's good. Put old number eighty-five, the the uh, athletic Okonkwo in your lineup. Three for thirty-five for Okonkwo in Week Twelve against the Bengals this past week against the Eagles. Five for sixty-eight. So maybe he is indeed coming on. That is who we both say. It's unanimous. Steven Pittsburgh. Hi guys. Assuming Trevor Lawrence is active this week, do I start him over Daniel Jones? I feel like Daniel Jones comes up. Uh, at least every other week on this show, because I don't know what to make of him. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. Um, I would assume he is worse than Trevor Lawrence this week, because I'm going to play Lawrence at Tennessee over Daniel Jones against Philadelphia, even though Daniel Jones should be throwing a lot in the second half of this game. Daniel Jones looking for a statement win in his career. He's a player that uh, really looks the part of an, of an effort quarterback. He's also got, I'm not, I'm not exactly certain where we are with Barkley right now, but I've heard some rumblings that Barkley is not 100%. I look at those receivers in New York, and it's easy to take Trevor Lawrence in this situation. Trevor Lawrence can disappoint you. I don't think he will this weekend. I will say this about Saquon Barkley. Brian Dable saying yesterday that he hopes Barkley can play with the neck injury against the Eagles. He's officially listed as questionable, uh, did not – did not repeat, did not have a non-contact jersey on. So it was a normal practice today. Ralph Falciano, who covers uh, the Giants for Fox Sports, says, quote, his understanding is the injury isn't serious and he is expected to play. So Barkley, maybe not at full strength, as you pointed out, but he uh, should be out there. Uh, Let's go to Greg in Minneapolis. They play each other this week. So who do I go with, James Cook or Bam Knight? You're the men. That is Greg in Minneapolis. We are the men. Amen. Thank you, Greg. And, uh, we thank you, uh, Greg, for for writing in on this. All right, so James Cook. Um, again, I, I can't remember if we talked about this, Farrell. I think we might have talked about this last Friday. Yeah. Um, Cook actually had the better fantasy numbers uh, than Singletary last week, but it wasn't by much. But Singletary had the snaps on him. He actually was out on the field more than Cook, despite Cook's breakout performance. Now, Knight is a guy who's looked really good the last couple of weeks. And even though Michael Carter is coming back, we already heard from Robert Salas say on Monday, like, look, even if Carter's back, uh, Knight is not going anywhere. So I would imagine he figures into the game plan. I actually like him a little bit better despite the negative game script. I think I like him a little bit better than James Cook this week. 
Yeah, you're not going to take a 90-yard rusher with five catches out of your lineup and just say, well, you know, the Carter's back. Carter, right. uh, Carter's a contributor back more than a lead back. Uh, Knight um, seems to have taken this opportunity and, and made it his own. Uh, there's a lot of tools at Buffalo. I continue to say that Buffalo feeds the hot player, and that's where I think Cook is – has been, you know, Cook, six catches, uh, uh, you know, McKenzie's in the same boat. I think if they can get the ball to McKenzie, they keep going to McKenzie. I like that about Buffalo. Um, but in in the Jets situation, they have uh, – everything's new, everything's fresh with a new quarterback. He's proven that he can hit the – you know, hit this running back with, with the check down passes. I, I, I'm going to go Zonovan Okay, yeah, and, and we're of one mind there. Let's see if we're one of one mind on this last. But it's day. close. It's close. Yes, I get it. I get it. And, and it, I don't want to make it seem like it's a runaway for me too. Yeah. I mean, I did have to think about it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards night. Mark in Lynnhurst, New Jersey. Should I roll with the resurgent DJ Chark or hope for the best with Isaiah McKenzie? Thank mm. you, Mark in Lynnhurst, New Jersey. So we already talked about um, uh, McKenzie, uh, his Bills team is hosting the Jets this week. DJ Chark, and, and and Lynn brought this game up a couple of times when we were talking to him. DJ Chark is going up against the Minnesota Vikings. The 5-7 and seven Detroit Lions, God bless them, they're a point-and-a-half favorite over the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. I'm Crazy. sorry, Vikings fans. If you need any more proof that your team maybe isn't the rock-solid 10-2 and two you think <laughs> they are, that is evidenced by our friends in the desert right there. Um, this past week uh, in that Jaguars game, uh, it was a revenge game, actually, for DJ Chark. Five catches, 98 yards. I'm going to roll with him this week in a high, what I think is going to be a high-scoring game. Certainly seems like Jared Goff has eyes for him. I'm going to go with Chark over McKenzie Farrell. Uh, they've done it without Chark all year, despite the fact that they did it with him last year. He's had a very uh, – how many catches does he have this year, Balky, if you can pull that up very quickly? Yeah. Because I think his – I think we're still less than 20 catches on this player for the season. I, you know, McKenzie, um, again, those Jets corners are strong. I like over the middle. I like underneath, and that's what McKenzie is for Buffalo. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with McKenzie here. You're going to go with McKenzie. I, I get it. Um, Chark has actually missed half the games this year. He's missed six. He's played in six. He's got, he's only got 14 catches on the year. So he still is shy of 20 catches. So I get it. Um, uh, and, and I think you can make the case for, for McKenzie again, I, I said this with, um, Daniel Priestner, when I had him on the road of his high stakes load on Tuesday, I said, when I was drafting in Kentucky and in, in July and, and June, and quite frankly, before that, you know, August, everything, um, I was trying to get pieces of that bill's offense. And, and if you're going to tell me that you want to go with a piece of that bill's offense this week, hard for me to disagree, whether it's McKenzie mm -hmm. or whoever, uh, hard for me to disagree in general with the legend, uh, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, <laughs> Farrell Elliott. Uh, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Farrell, be good. Appreciate you. And uh, let's do this again on Friday, man. See you then, brother. You got it. Farrell Elliott. Follow uh, him on Twitter at Elliott at KFFSC on Twitter. Remember to check out KFFSC.com for all 
your Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship needs. That will complete tonight's broadcast. Uh, tonight's broadcast everybody. I want to thank Lynn Renfro, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you. In case you missed it, check out the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown with the Football Guys Players Championship. Regular season 10th place finisher, Daniel Priestner. That was on Tuesday. You can also check it out, rotaviz.com slash podcast. We are live next Friday once again at 10, 9 central. The High Stakes Lowdown returns on Tuesday with FFPC main event regular season 12th place team owner, Jerry Kaforsky. We will chop that up uh, again on Tuesday night. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network app will go live uh, not only on the app, but also Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all those good uh, networks. That's at 10, 9 central on Wednesday. And my guest co-host will be the Draft Sharks Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast co-host and Buffalo WGR 550 radio host, Mike Shope. He will uh, join me for two hours, 10 to midnight Eastern time on Wednesday night. Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft or salary cap. Pick your 10 players. If you want to play in the slim format, pick your 12 players. If you want to play with kickers and defenses, you can join for $35, $200. You can play in a 100-team format a 30-team format, or a 10-team format, where if you beat the other nine people, you will be in the 2023 FFPC main event for free. Uh, $35 or $200 to enter that. Remember, uh, if you want to join the FFPC uh, playoff challenge, registrations are live on that, a $500,000 grand prize, $200 to enter there. The Football Guys Playoff Challenge is back for year four as well. Uh, you can join that just $35 to enter a $100,000 grand prize as well. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the FFPC YouTube channel, comment on this video, share the video with your friends, uh, tell them how awesome it is, and then click that notification bell so you get notified. You won't forget to come in live on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown on Tuesday night as well as the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this coming Friday night. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, for watching tonight. Hope you make it a great weekend because it officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Oh, one other thing, uh, housekeeping reminder, number one, six teams on by this week, so make sure you're still being competitive and setting all those lineups uh, as best you can. The FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship waiver wires will lock 10 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. That is your last chance to make any switches for the remainder of the year. You want to carry a backup kicker, defense, tight end, quarterback, whatever. Uh, that is your last chance to do it. You can't take those fab uh, dollars with you into next season, so make sure you are spending them on Sunday. Thanks for watching so much, everybody. We will talk with you again on this channel on Tuesday and on this show on Friday.